You are listening to the Fantasy Advantage Podcast, hosted by my dad. Good to have you back on the Fantasy Advantage Podcast post-draft edition. Today we're going to talk about the eight fantasy impacts from the 2022 draft. We will focus on offensive players, obviously, but we'll talk about some other players as well. So let's get right to it. The first seven picks of the draft were defensive players or offensive linemen. From a fantasy perspective, that's really interesting because given the way that football is right now, it's an offensive game. We also had two corners going in the top five. So that's super interesting because it might be a movement that we're finally seeing guys who can really cover and just how valuable they actually are. I was doing a little bit of research on this. And I found that the last time this happened, two corners in the top five uh, was actually 1997 with Sean Springs and Bryant Westbrook. Thanks to the Lions for that last part of it. We also had four wide receivers go in the top 15. Now, when I was first thinking about recording this podcast, I was going to break down all the wide receivers because there were so many of them. But the, the four in the top 15 is really what stood out to me. We knew this was a really good wide receiver draft. And to be honest, the teams knew it too. The wide receiver run started at number eight and they went fast and furious. So let's talk about Drake London at eight to the Falcons, Garrett Wilson at 10 to the Jets, Chris Olave at 11 to the Saints, and Jamison Williams at 12 to our Detroit Lions. None of these guys, in my opinion, will have a Jamar Chase level impact from 21. I mean, Chase is... Uh, yards per catch were absolutely insane. But I do think that these guys could show up and show out quickly, given the opportunity. As I'm looking at all these guys, I do like Wilson as the best overall player. But I actually like Olave as finding the best landing spot because he gets a proven quarterback in James, William, uh, James Winston. He'll throw a lot of touchdowns. He will throw a lot of picks, but interceptions don't count against your wide receiver. So... And then he also has Michael Thomas to learn from. Uh, they have the Ohio State connection as Michael Thomas also went to Ohio State just like Olave did. I think Garrett Wilson, like I said, is probably the best player. Um, I'm just not sure how he's going to fit in with the Jets and what they've done on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I mean, they drafted wide receivers in the uh, top half of the draft last year. Um, it'll just be interesting to see uh, how that fits. And then is Zach Wilson really a guy? I don't think we know. Uh, right now. Jamison Williams is obviously the one that everyone's kind of talking about, that they're not really sure how he, how he'll come back. And most of it's because of that ACL injury. He had an incredible, incredible college year this last year at Alabama. Now, for some of you who don't know, he actually started his career in college at Ohio State, just like all these other wide receivers, Olave and Wilson. His problem is he couldn't get on the field and I don't think it's because he wasn't good enough, but he had to deal with Olave and Wilson. And then there's another kid that next year will probably be a top five or seven pick also from Ohio State as a wide receiver. But Jamison Williams, I do think that he could have a huge fantasy impact when he comes back. Uh, being here in Detroit and knowing more about him every single day, I, I see him probably coming back somewhere, somewhere around Thanksgiving maybe a little bit before. So that's probably about half, halfway through the season. 
Lions are going to be bad again this year, um, especially on defense, and they're going to throw the ball a lot. So there's no doubt about that. He could actually have a he could be a strong fantasy playoff performer when he comes back. We saw a lot of that this year uh, with Ramona St. Brown. You know, Lions are down, you know, 24 to 7 in the fourth quarter, and he scores two touchdowns. I mean, there were some crazy games. I mean, that Minnesota Vikings game last year was absolutely crazy. Third fantasy impact would be Jordan Davis, defensive lineman from Georgia. Now, you normally don't talk about defensive line in fantasy, but I think Davis going to the Eagles is super interesting. Davis is now paired with Fletcher Cox on the defensive line, and they are going to be nasty. I don't think that they'll turn into the 2021 Bucks, where if you had a running back going into the Bucks last year, I mean, you just didn't you didn't start him. I mean, especially in daily fantasy. You know, I play a lot of daily fantasy, and if I had a running back, let's just say, you know, I had uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or something, and I'm playing against the Bucks. You don't play a, a running back against the Bucks. The only running back that I can think of off the top of my head against the Bucks last year that did really well is Jonathan Taylor, and he's the 101. I mean, he's the first pick in every draft. So, but pay attention to the Eagles on defense. Um, I think they've done some really good things. Number four is Tennessee trading AJ Brown to Philly. Wow, was that surprising? I did not see that happening. I got a buddy here that is a huge Tennessee fan, and man, he was blowing up my phone, and it was crazy. So they draft Traylon Burks and trade A.J. Brown. Burks' NFL comp is actually A.J. Brown, which is kind of funny. He's 6'3", 225, and in his uh, last year at Arkansas, he scored a touchdown in every game. He, I believe he uh, scored a receiving touchdown in... Uh, all games but one, and then had a rushing touchdown in another game. I do expect him to be a favorite target of uh, Tannehill very quickly, especially in the red zone. He's a big man, and he likes to go up and get it. Don't be surprised when someone takes Burks in your league a few rounds before you expect. I don't know exactly what that'll be by the time we get to normal fantasy football draft season, but I'm in some best ball leagues right now, and he's definitely showing up ahead of some guys that you know I would probably take ahead of him, some veterans. He also can return punts and kicks. I don't really know that they're going to do that um, with him at uh, Tennessee, but it is something that he could do. And if he does and returns one back, I mean, you know, that's awesome for your fantasy league. At number five, quarterback. So there's only one quarterback taken in the first round this year. And for uh, a lot of people like me who are uh, kind of NFL draft nerds, you know, I'm not overly surprised about that, but Kenny Pickett went to the Steelers. So hometown kid, great story. Uh, and so just now the the Steelers uh, get to take somebody from University of Pittsburgh. It's kind of interesting because they actually share facilities. So the University of Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Steelers share facilities. So these guys, I mean, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, I mean, they, they know this kid uh, inside and out. To be honest, I have no idea if, Kenny Pickett will be any good. My initial thoughts are no, but he's going to a very good situation. Trubisky's on a very team-friendly deal, and, I mean, he's Mitchell Trubisky. He hasn't really shown anything. His wide receivers are really good. He's a solid tight end in Pat Fryermuth and one of the best running backs in the game behind him. Najee Harris is a end-of-the-first-round pick, I'd say, uh, in most leagues. Pickett's a pretty good best ball selection, I think. I also think that if you've got if you're in a two quarterback league setup, 
uh, like I've been the last couple years. He could be, you know, your third quarterback, or even some guys take your fourth quarterback. Because I mean, he's a flyer. You never know. He's got some running ability, a little bit of wiggle. In a single quarterback league, though, he should not be drafted at all. Tyler Lindenbaum at number six. So, again, offensive lineman doesn't get a ton of love in fantasy. But going to Baltimore and how much they run, this pick is huge in my opinion. So, Linderbaum is a he's a solid O-lineman. And I think he'll be a leader up front for Lamar. And don't forget about J.K. Dobbins. He's got to come back off of his injury from the uh, preseason last year. But I expect the Baltimore running game to absolutely break out again this year. And Linderbaum is going to be a big part of that. Number seven, wide receivers in the second round. So earlier we talked about wide receivers in the first round. Now we're talking about wide receivers in the second round. And it's pretty crazy to see how many wide receivers went in the second round. Some of these guys, I think, probably got pulled up a little bit. Be You know, they might have been third-round picks or whatever because of all the people that went in the second round or in the first round, sorry. So a couple guys that I want to talk about. Christian Watson going at 34 to the Packers. Alec Pierce going at 53 to the Colts. And Sky Moore, 54 to the Chiefs. So you can see a little bit of a, a run there, 53-54. When a good offense drafts a wide receiver in the first round, you got to pay attention in fantasy. And that's exactly what uh, the Packers did. That's also what the Colts did, and that's what the Chiefs did. I expect Christian Watson to play right away. Assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't hate him for whatever reason, at 6'4", 208, uh, Christian Watson can go up and get it. He was a standout at the Senior Bowl. Yes, I'm one of those nerds that did watch some of the Senior Bowl. And that was against equal competition because a lot of people say he played, you know, at North Dakota State. So what was the competition level? I think there's some validity to that. But equal competition, he definitely showed up. The Colts got one of my favorite wide receivers in this class, and that's Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. He is he's he's pretty impressive. So he played against really good competition at Cincy. I mean, think about since he was on national TV, like every Thursday night or Saturday night or Friday night or whatever, uh, they made it to the college football playoff this year. I mean, he had a good veteran quarterback, but he averaged 17 and a half yards per catch over his, fir- over his first three years in his playing career. He didn't really play much as a freshman. I think he played in four games and had like two catches or whatever. I think Matt Ryan's going to love this guy. And I think he'll fit really well with the Colts kind of run first offensive mentality and then th- their play action pass that Matt Ryan is I mean so good at I mean think of all those years that Matt Ryan to you know all the wide receivers that they had off of that play action so um you know I I definitely think Alec Pierce will get uh will get drafted and have a pretty good rookie season and the last one is a little bit of a wild card but Sky Moore with the Chiefs he just goes right to maybe one of the three or four best offenses in the league with maybe the best quarterback in the league. I mean, what great luck for him. Now, unlike these other guys that have been drafted, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Alec Pierce, he's only 5'10". And he ran a pretty average 4.4140 time at the Combine. So he's being drafted around wide receiver 40 right now, and his NFL comp is actually Golden Tate who had some pretty good seasons in both Seattle and especially here in Detroit. Uh, 
So I wouldn't be scared to take a flyer on Sky Moore earlier than your league mates, knowing that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and him might be able to, you know, connect. If you think about, I mean, he's not going to replace Tyreek Hill by any means, but similar size, I mean, 5'10", 5'11". So he's obviously not as fast and as quick, but with how smart Andy Reid is, don't be surprised if they can get him the ball in in open with open space and he can really succeed. And so the last fantasy impact from the draft that I wanted to cover today was just running backs. So no running backs in the first round. I liked that. I want to, I want some some money on uh, FanDuel for that bet. But two running backs in round two, and both of them are really good. So Brees Hall at 36 from Iowa State to the Jets, and James Cook from Georgia at 63 to the Bills. So first, Brees Hall. He is a bruising running back. He's 5'11", 217, and he will acclimate himself to the NFL very quickly. So if you listen to scouts and different people talk about running backs, uh, they, they talk about like weight and size, and it's it's a really big deal. You know, guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Elvin Kamara, like those are kind of like the uh, exceptions to the rule, but most of the time they want their running backs to be right around that like 215, 220, 5'11", don't want him to be much taller. Again, Derrick Henry, kind of an alien. But outside of that, that's kind of the fit that they want. So the Jets took Michael Carter last year in 2021 but I, as a running back, and he was fine. I think he had like 500 yards or something like that, but they couldn't pass on, on Hall here. The second round is such great value for him. So he's going as the 101 pick in every single uh, dynasty and rookie draft right now. So... You know, if you were the worst team in your league in your dynasty and, you know, you get a chance, you're taking Brees Hall because, you know, he could, even though it's the Jets, I mean, he could be the, you know, he could be a top 10 running back even this year. And then next year he could be a second or third round running back. The Jets have been bad for a while, but Hall does have that build to be a workhorse and someone who could surprise in the fantasy world this fall. And finally, James Cook. So James Cook was drafted by the Buffalo Bills at 63. He's the brother of the Vikings, Dalvin Cook. Built a little bit differently, a little bit leaner, not as strong, not as physical. But his him being drafted really kind of adds more confusion to the Bills' backfield this year. He is a dynamic playmaker and actually a really good receiver. So Josh Allen loves to throw the ball. He loves to throw it to his running backs. He loves to throw it to wide receivers, tight ends. They don't really run the ball a lot with their running backs. Josh Allen's kind of their short yardage running back. James Cook is not a short yardage guy. He's a big play guy. Um, He could be a gadget guy. He could be a lot of things to them. Uh, He's a dynamic playmaker in space and a really good receiver. He had 27 receptions in his final year at Georgia with four receiving touchdowns. That was for a team that also, I mean, Georgia struggled to get some offense last year when they played really good competition. So for a team that loves to throw the ball to their running backs, I think James Cook is a really interesting addition to the Bills' backfield. Now, overall, like I said earlier, it does make it kind of confusing because they have Singletary, and I don't really, I'm not really sure what the roles are going to be there. I mean, Singletary can run it. He can catch it. I mean, he dominated the last like four weeks of the season. I mean, Singletary was absolutely unbelievable. So I'm not really sure how he's going to fit in there. It does add some confusion, but it's also one of those things where you could take a late flyer on on Cook and you might hit gold. So those are the eight impacts from the NFL drafts. 
appreciate everybody listening. Please leave some feedback if you have any. Take care. See you next time.